Hello, everyone, and welcome to New Consciousness Review. I'm Miriam Knight, and our guest today is Christine Stevens, an internationally acclaimed author, music therapist, and speaker. She has master's degrees in both social work and music therapy, and Christine inspires people all over the world with her message of music for holistic health, spirituality, and wellness. Christine is the author of Music Medicine, The Healing Drum Kit, and The Art and Heart of Drum Circles. And she has two play-along CDs, Reviving Rhythms and Drumming Up Diva. Christine is the founder of Upbeat Drum Circles that offer diversity training, team building, and wellness presentations around the world. She has drummed with many Fortune 500 companies, with students at Columbine High School and Ground Zero, with survivors of Katrina in New Orleans, and in northern Iraq. Today we'll be talking about her new book, Music Medicine, The Science and Spirit of Healing Yourself, with sound. Welcome, Christine. I'm so delighted to have you with us. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here drumming and speaking with you today. <laughs> She's here. Christine, what took you into the field music therapy? Uh, a powerful experience as a young girl. I had the opportunity to do service with kids with developmental disabilities, special needs children in a classroom. I was 15 at the time, and I was studying piano and saxophone, and I was on the track to become performer. And I met a little boy who had autism, and he was sitting in the corner of the room rocking, not interacting with anyone. And I walked over and I just happened to play one of those little xylophones that was in the playroom. And I played do, 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 you know, something like this. Mm -hmm. And I walked away. And before I knew it, I heard that same melody played right back to me. And I turned around and there was this little boy. He had come out from the corner to play the music. And we ended up interacting on that xylophone and before i knew it the staff was all gathered around us with you know shock like wow what just happened and i had that same shock and that same awe of the power of music as a tool for therapy and now more in my work for consciousness and this global change and transformation on the planet but it all started as a 15 year old girl in a classroom you never know where an act of service can take us. And at that moment, I knew whatever this is called, I want to learn what it is. It turned out it was called music therapy. And music therapy is the practice of using music for non-musical goals. So in that case, it was for interaction. And now my work has to do with cross-cultural healing and personal empowerment. And so it's the idea that all of us have music inside us, and that's the music medicine that the book helps you discover. Mm -hmm. It's interesting in your book, you quote President Obama as saying that he wished he could play an instrument. And you also cite a survey that showed that the most common regret in older adults was not playing a musical instrument. Do you think that musical ability is something that everyone can develop or are are there any people who are really just not not with it? <laughs> One of the great myths is that there's anyone who's not musical. 
And I'm not talking about talent. I'm talking about the human biologic, biologic song. You know, we all have a heartbeat. We all breathe to a rhythm. We sleep and wake to a circadian rhythm. We speak as a notes of melodies. Even as you talking to me, the emotion is communicated in the prosodic melody line of our speech. So how can we even think we're not musical? And that's one of the great questions in my heart. It's like, why have we become so silenced? If music is a universal language and we know it has such healing properties, why are we not making more music? Even President Obama said it was his big regret. After that interview with Barbara Walters, someone sent him a ukulele. So I'm hoping that he picked up some time to play. Um, but, but seriously, there is scientific evidence that we are all wired for music. And the, as I cite in the book, a couple of striking scientific studies, babies, newborn babies, recognize the theme songs of television shows that their mothers watch when they were in utero. They have song recognition upon birth. Oh, my goodness. Two-year-olds have a songwriting instinct. And you've ever been around children, you've seen this. It's a beautiful thing. Kids just walk around making up songs. Mm-hmm. No one taught them that. So it's literally an instinct. And if you've ever been told you're not musical, you're in good company. Paul McCartney was kicked out of choir, <laughs> you know, who then became the great songwriter in the Beatles. So I think the idea is that we get stifled of our creativity because we don't feel that we're talented enough or that we're great enough at it. It's not about being perfect. It's about giving yourself permission to find this music medicine in your life. How were you using the word medicine? You, you were very drawn to the Lakota traditions and, and the medicine wheel. So there's this whole um, you know, deeper meaning of the word. Can you explain it for us? Yeah, it's, it's so important to me because we often think of music as an entertainment or a performance. And I, I ask in the book, why have we become consumers and not creators? And so this idea of music medicine is to put it into the understanding of how sacred and how profound and how healing music is. Lakota is one of the traditions I've studied for about 12 years, also with women's long dance. And these organizations and cultures, these teachings, often use this word medicine to describe something. Food is your medicine or cooking is your medicine. Your gifts are your medicine. And I feel like music is a medicine that's available to all of us. It's within us. It's all around us, which is why it resonates with me like a medicine wheel in which music's medicine has four elements or four directions of rhythm, melody, harmony, and silence. And each of those elements has healing properties for mind, body, spirit, heart, and soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I want to go into each of those individually, but you said something so profound that just impinges on every aspect of life. Um, one of the things that really struck me in your book was how you're using a meta- music as a metaphor for life. And you just said that we have moved from, uh, we need to move from being consumers to being creators. And this, uh, and you're talking about, but you could be talking about absolutely anything in life, couldn't you? Yes. I mean, it's a common, it's a common theme, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what we know research-wise, and I, this is why I love science, because right now science and spirituality are in, uh, creating a duet. Things that were ancient practices are now being 
actually quantified and evidence-based. This is an exciting time on the planet. So we have evidence of this. But what, what we know scientifically is you don't, nothing changes when you're sitting and watching. You know, people, even in music research, people who listen to music, their biology didn't change to the level when they picked up a drum and participated. Wellness is defined as the active pursuit of health. It's an action that we must take to get involved. Mm-hmm. And we have gifts to share. You know, my teacher, Reverend Michael Beckwith from the Agape International Spiritual Center, does a lot of great teaching and spiritual liberation on the importance of finding your gifts and sharing them. And so it's taking an active role and being part of the creation, not just sitting and watching and complaining, right? (laughs) But actually, hey, I'm going to compose and orchestrate the music of my life. Yeah, yeah. It's like Don Miguel Ruiz says, be the artist of your life. Christine, you are such a talented musician, but I get the feeling that drumming has taken first place. What have you found in drumming that speaks to you so deeply? Well, the power, and I'm just going to answer that first with my drum. What I found is, as a music therapist and a music traveler and such, is that the drum is the easiest, most accessible portal for every person to join the music. And for me, I love that rhythm is the medicine for the body. That's the element of music medicine for the body's health. Because when you hear rhythm, you can't really hold still. It gets people dancing and it gets people synchronized. I don't know of any other tool. And in my work in Iraq, you know, doing peace building between Kurdish and Arab tribal groups, the drum is the most uniting element. People can be playing, you know, flutes or guitars or different instruments that requires some orchestration but man i've been together with over 1500 people at one time drumming so i wouldn't say that it was like the main instrument for my musical expression i actually play piano and saxophone and flutes but when i picked up a drum i went okay and i saw right away at a drum my first drum circle Three hours went by in two minutes, and it was like I put my hand on the drum and I felt something visceral and kinesthetic. You know, I think there's such a power in the heartbeat. And I have seen over and over the people that come to the drum circles that someone drags them there, and they sit in the back row with their arms crossed, (laughs) but their feet are tapping to the beat. And gradually they start, you know, They can't help it. So there's a magnetic power of the drum. And it's also been a passport for me into these world cultures. So my studies with the Lakota traditions, my traveling to Africa, Brazil, Indonesia, Bali, all of that is the language of the drum. And the fascinating thing was when we start to talk about this conscious evolution that we're in this time on our planet, I really truly believe that the drum is an inter is an intercultural global drum diplomacy we were calling it once it's this instrument that unites people even in all these warring cult- cultures in the Iraqi area and in the Arab world they all still say that say the drum tones doom and talk doom taka taka doom tak taka doom whether they speak kurdish arabic any any language egyptian you doesn't matter 
everybody is speaking doom, talk, doom, talk, doom. So we find this cross-cultural language of the drum. That's fascinating. You know, Barbara Marks Hubbard called the Internet the nervous system, the new nervous system of the planet. But if you go back to, you know, ancient uh, lore, they talk about the jungle telegraph, which was really drumming on a hollow log, wasn't it? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yep. And in fact, one of the oldest drums from Africa is literally called the talking drum. Uh-huh. And so it, it is a form of communication and it weaves us together. Now, from science, what we know from rhythm and the principle of rhythm in music medicine is entrainment. And entrainment means synchronizing. Uh-huh. So when you hear a beat, you will likely fall into that rhythm. And what that means is an immediate sense of collaboration and community. So I think, and I'm a fan of Barbara Marks Hubbard's work as well, that as we're visioning and co-creating this new world together that is so multicultural and global, that this music is our language right now on the planet to create that synergy and that synchronicity. In your book, you describe some amazingly moving stories of how you use drum circles. Can you give us some of, some examples so people can get a sense of what a drumming circle is and, and how it creates community? Well, in 2007, I was invited to Iraq to lead the first ever drum circle training in a war zone. We brought 40 community leaders together and we met in a building that was a former torture center of Saddam Hussein that had been converted into a youth activity center. So we literally were (laughs) sitting there making music, transforming war, you know, shots and sounds of war into drum beats for peace. And I was a little bit afraid, like, is this really going to work? The concept of the drum circle, there's a lot of different drum circles. I'm not speaking about a hippie drug based, you know, we have a lot of negative stereotypes of a drum circle. What I'm talking about is a very conscious approach. We had a protocol that we used that wove together breathing, stretching, sharing cultural songs and using the drums. So everybody has a drum or a percussion instrument. And that's the key that I love about the drum circle is everyone is engaged Mm-hmm. But I'll never forget, there was one young man there who was very resistant to staying in this, this training in Iraq. He was from Halabja. Halabja is the town where 5,000 Kurds were killed in one day with chemical warfare oh, from right. Saddam Hussein. He'd lost his mother and his brother. And he was a talented violinist. He'd never been to a drum circle. It was new for everybody in Iraq to even be calling this a drum circle. We taught them how to lead and facilitate that. And he was very resistant. He didn't want to stay. And the, the leaders were, you know, discussing and begging him to stay. Just try one more day. And he did. You know, he hated these people who had killed his families. And there was people who were Arabs there at the training. By the third day, in the break, I went and walked by, and I heard him playing violin in one of these small little break rooms with a guy playing drums who was from Tikrit, the hometown of Saddam Hussein. They became friends. They became musical brothers. And at the end of the training, he said to me, I never thought I could have a friend from Tikrit. I never thought I could have a friend who was an Arab. Mm-hmm. It changed his life. And then he started drum circles in Halabja and has involved many 
children, making peace, and helping with the healing. So the idea of a drum circle is a collective container for self-expression. It takes the community to come together, and the idea is everyone plays their own beat. But it's not cacophonous. We synchronize, we listen to each other, and a facilitator leads it. I'm going to be leading a drum circle at the Wake Up Festival, which is a great event coming up at the end of August. And another example of what we're doing, we're going to have more than 800 people. There's great spiritual teachers there, Coleman Barks, Michael Beckwith, you know, Shiva Ray, and we're going to be drumming together to uplift our energy and our vibration. So the drum circle ranges from its application to war zones to raising consciousness. Wow. So you talked about the four aspects of music and why do you say, let's start with rhythm. Why do you say it's medicine for the body? Because we're wired for rhythm and we are heart beating. We are dancing. We are tapping our feet and there's a lot of problems with being in the body right now. I mean, the whole theme of this book is that it's the medicine of music is not what it does for us. It's what it undoes for us. <laughs> and there's a lot of sedentary problems on the rise. People are sitting in front of their computers all day. We've stopped dancing. And there's a reason we have these sayings like, you know, dance to the beat of your own drum. And so rhythm is the medicine for the body. When you hear a beat, you want to move. And there's a bunch of practices in the book for how to use rhythm as medicine for your body. If you have an aching body, if you have had trauma in your body, if you need to learn how to rest your body, right? Mm -hmm. So that is the drum medicine. It's a tool of vibration. My teacher, Arthur Hull, used to say, we are drums. We are skins stressed, stretched over shells. So we are <laughs> instruments and we are rhythmical uh -huh. as, a as a human body. Will there be a CD accompanying the book? It's even better than that. There's a playlist on the internet at soundstrue.com slash music medicine uh -huh. so that people can listen to the tracks as they learn the practices. I really wanted to create a book that sings because it's this whole multimedia experience. There's videos of guided practices as well. It's this idea of how we listen. And I talk about that as conscious listening. So it's not just, oh, the music at the grocery store or whatever. You know, there's so many choices available to us now with Pandora and iTunes. And so we can become orchestrators of our own playlist that's healing music for us. And that kind of brings us to Melody, the medicine for the heart. You know, if you've ever had a song that touches your heart, you've experienced music medicine in Melody. People have goosebumps when they hear a certain song. People describe song synchronicity like this perfect song came on the radio just when I needed it most, you know? Mm -hmm. And we give each other love songs. So the heart is really about melody. And everybody has a sound or a singer that most reaches their heart. And again, what does music medicine undoes is thinking. You know, it's falling into the heart space through music. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think we, we can all intuitively agree with that. But why do you think that is? Why do I think that is in terms of the idea of the heart and music? Yeah. Well, I think some of this has to do really simply with our own heart song. It's really who we are. 
So when we hear music and we connect at the heart, it just brings out what we naturally are. And within all of this idea of music medicine is this inner music. Yeah, you you talk about um, our musical spirit. I I love that whole concept. Um, and and toning. Where, where does that all fit together? Well, the interesting thing is that again, we like you mentioned in the beginning. You know, many of us have been told we're not musical. You know, why? Because you couldn't put your fingers over a recorder when you were in third grade, right, or something like that. Um, and so there's all this damage that happens. But nothing ever can stop the musical spirit. It's wired in us. It's just like saying there's Holy Spirit in all of us. It's just like understanding there's a divine vibration that creates who you are. There's also a musical vibration that creates who you are. And George Leonard said it best, we don't make music, music makes us. And that individuality comes forth in music, in finding that heart song, in finding that rhythm that is your dance. And too often, people are asked to be cookie-cuttered into being someone they're not. And music allows us to remember who we truly are, that beauty that is our inherent nature, that harmony that is how we communicate and relate to one another, soul to soul like that Iraqi boy found in harmonizing with someone who was his enemy. And that silence that allows us to rest and pause and breathe in between the notes and the music of our life. Beautiful. If you've just joined us, we're talking with Christine Stevens, discussing her book, Music Medicine, The Science and Spirit of Healing Yourself with Sound. Christine, I'd like to play just a a, a few seconds of of uh, one of your tracks um the the one with the flute the not not um meditation but the diva uh track tell us great. about it great well this is an opportunity to experience rhythms medicine for your body because when you hear this rhythm you can't hold still <laughs> and it's also an opportunity to feel that melody in your heart. There's something ancient about the drum and the flute. This is a combination that you hear lots of times in world sacred music. And I feel it like this. To me, it's the Bodhi tree of music. The tree in its roots is the drum. And literally, that's the, usually the part of the tree that is, creates the drum, is down at the bottom of the tree. And the branches are what creates flutes. Like a Native American cedar flute comes from the branches. So it's the upward motion. So I tend to think of the drum as the grounding and the flute as the heaven. And as the music is a bridge of heaven and earth. One, two, ready, play.
the bridge of heaven and earth. Beautifully put, Christine. Beautifully put. Tell us why harmony medicine is medicine for the soul. Actually, I can I can really resonate with that because I joined a choir just this past year. And there's something that happens when the voices just mesh together. It it just it really touches a place right at your core. Isn't it incredible? I'm doing a project right now with Iraqi refugee women who are living in San Diego. It's the second largest population in America, 40,000 refugees. And you can't imagine how happy I was to discover that after traveling for three years all the way to Iraq, that I could actually just drive 30 miles and be with Iraqi people um, that I could help. And so we started an Iraqi refugee women's drum circle project and my partner's musical missions of peace and license for freedom. And it's called Shifa, which means healing in Arabic. And this is about harmony in the soul. And what I experience is the women walk in, we do this once a month, and they have their in full headdresses and scarves, you know, and they're dressed in their cultural traditions. And they walk in and we all sit in our different groups. The Arabs are over here, the Chaldeans are over here, the Americans are over in a corner. You know, we all kind of sit that way. But Within 30 minutes, we're up and dancing and moving and drumming together, following a protocol that we use for peace building through music. And that is when I feel tears, is in this moment of looking eye to eye, soul to soul, and singing or drumming or dancing with someone who is from another incredibly different life than mine. You know, and I always leave there so filled with gratitude for, for the gifts of freedom in my life. And these women remind me of that because they survived such tragedy. Mm. And the war may be miles and miles away from them, but it's always with them. And in the music, they get to let go of that stress. And the women constantly say, you know, it helps them connect to each other and they need that support. So the idea of harmony in the soul, what the choir is such a great example. There's a lot of research I cite in music medicine because choirs actually improve people's health. And I think it's the group bonding. And I call it the ensemble medicine. I mean, there's just nothing more metaphoric, is there, than for peace on the planet than harmony. Mm -hmm. It's like, and what you have to do to harmonize, I call it the four agreements of harmony, like the four agreements of life, is you have to learn to listen, to be in tune with each other, to blend and make space for each other. And all those pieces are part of harmonizing. When you make music with another person, or even when you're together listening consciously to the same piece of music, this kind of musical bridge happens, and the soul gets to harmonize with another soul that transcends language, cultures, socioeconomic differences. It's transcendent. You talk about the importance of silence. Why is silence important? The great sound healer from England, Jill Purse, once said at a conference I was at, she said, the purpose of sound is silence. And that really struck me. I was, wow, that's a great concept. We don't often think about that, but in the idea of polarity, it makes total sense. Sometimes sound gets us to silence. And many people who've ever used a mantra practice for meditation can identify with that. That as you start with your mantra, it slowly fades away and you sit in silence. And musical silence. Silence is so important because it's the place where we rest. It's the resting medicine. It's a place where we breathe. 
It's a place of infinite potential because emptiness is waiting to be filled. Mm. Throughout the book, um, I was just so struck by the the deep spirituality and, and deep teachings that you brought forth, and you write so beautifully. I'm very impressed. Um, who, who did you write the book for? Well, I had three kinds of readers in mind, readers slash listeners. And I kept saying, I'm not writing this for readers. I'm writing this for listeners and readers. You know, I had in mind, quote, unquote, non-musicians, people who've been told they're not musical, who have always felt a desire like that 85% of people surveyed by the Gallup poll wish they could play an instrument. That number one regret of people, I wish I had played an instrument. So I really wrote it for that person who was ever told they're not musical, who didn't understand that this is not about performance, it's about healing. I wrote it number two for musicians. For anyone like myself who played an instrument, I grew up playing piano, that's a chordal instrument, that's about harmony. I've come to really help musicians identify the spiritual lineage of their own music and to become more well-rounded using space, using rhythm, using melody and harmony and understanding how those impact differently. And then lastly, I really wrote it for practitioners, for people who are healers, for people who are like yourself, who are leaders in the consciousness movement, because we want to take care of our human instruments. We want to have good self-care practices right now. I think that's the biggest challenge on the planet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you find this in your life, but you know, I'm really out there with my work. I want to make a difference. I, I really believe in service, but I've really needed to learn how to balance that with resting and self-care. And music is such a great tool for reviving our spirit and for calming our hearts and for returning us to our truth. So it's helping so many people. I'm already getting emails. The book's only been out a couple days, and I'm already getting wonderful emails from people using this in their lives. I would say if I had to summarize this book in one sentence, I would say it's teaching people how to move from loving music to living music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. You you actually have quite a, a number of things like that. You say, how can a, 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 somebody move from being a performer to becoming a reformer? But, We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that because I wanted to just go back to your point about using music for yourself. Uh, When you say, when you talk about people sitting in front of a computer, I raise my hand ruefully. And um, this morning, you know, I I turned on the radio and, and instead of listening to the news, I put music on. And it just makes such a difference to to your whole launching into the day. And you also have something you call the morning attunement exercise. Can you describe that? Yes, you just described it beautifully. <laughs> you, just, you know, it makes a difference how we start our day. What we Our minds wake up hungry for input. And if we can beat them to that stage, and that's why people love to meditate at four in the morning, if we can beat that mind into the, before it gets into its thinking to do list or even listening to the news, and we can fill it with music, we are attuning, we are aligning ourselves with a vibration of beauty and harmony. That's what music gives us all the time. 
if you consciously listen to it and you align yourself with it, you breathe with the music, you tap your fingers to the music, you hum, you sing to it. You know, I talk also about finding your power song. You find that song that empowers your spirit and you listen to it and you remember that and your heart can keep singing that song all day long, silently. So we, we begin to embody that. And I think that in terms of what like Barbara Marks Hubbard is talking to us about is how we are shifting ourselves and we're, we're shifting to a new consciousness. And I think that is raising our vibration. So we're in a new frequency. If you think of it as a musical instrument, we are raising our pitch. Our perfect pitch has come up a little. Mm -hmm. And as we raise our pitch, we want to make more space to allow that integration in our lives. We want to make more space to remember and sing out and maintain our joy, beauty, and gratitude for life. I think the music does that better than the news. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to say also that, you know, morning attunement, if you've ever done Julia, uh, who wrote The Artist's Way, Julia Julia Cameron, she talks about morning pages. Mm-hmm. So morning is a precious time for us. You know, it sets the it sets the tonality of our day. And if you're not a writer, you don't resonate with that. Morning attunement, you can journal through music. You can speak through music. A drum is a great tool because everybody can pick it up and play it and learn very easily how to make a song from their heart. You can chant. When people most sing is in the shower. So why not make that your time to sing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think when we start our day attuned to music, it creates a sense of beauty that resonates in us all day. Um, You know, people can can be part of a choir or whatever, but I think it takes a very special... Uh, kind of musical flexibility to become a jazz musician. You talk about something called the jazz brain and improvisation. Tell us about that. Well, this is a great study done by C.J. Lim where he looked at the brain activity of jazz musicians in a functional MRI. And he's a, a surgeon from Johns Hopkins himself, and he's studying creativity. And jazz is not just a term in music. I mean, we talk about it a lot. Jazz just means improv. Jazz is a tradition that is created in the moment. So there's no time to think and prepare. It's not, it's completely different than a classical musician who's rehearsing and, you know, has a sheet of music in front of them. Jazz musicians are playing off the music. So where does that come from? Well, what he found was it comes from a very specific part of the brain in the frontal cortex that is considered the seat of consciousness. It lights up when the jazz musicians are improvising. You know, it doesn't light up when they're just playing prepared pieces from a sheet of music. So this is a great learning for us because how are we going to live our lives? Are we going to live our lives according to somebody else's sheet of music that we have to learn and be criticized because we didn't do it right? No. When we get off that sheet of music, we get to connect with that creative voice that is, it turns out, even neurologically speaking, our unique voice. It's our most unique place. At the same time in the study, music turned off, the jazz times, bigger parts of the brain, two other larger parts of the frontal cortex were actually deactivated by the music. So it's not what music does for us, it's what it undoes. It turned off 
self-monitoring. It turned off self-criticism. Wouldn't it be nice to live with less self-monitoring and criticism? Just think of the music we can create when we give ourselves permission to have freedom and creative spirit. Ironically, when I travel to like a lot of these parts of the world that are impoverished, the favelas in Brazil, the townships in South Africa, where there's such poverty, what I find is there's, they're oozing with creative spirit. Mm. And it just always puzzled me. Like, what have we done here in the West that we're so creatively constipated and we're so, you know, we're, we're so hard on ourselves and we have to work so hard at everything. In parts of the world where they have much less, they, they may be poor in some standards, but I would say that in their musical creativity, they're very rich. I've, I've certainly seen that. And, and you know, um, I lived in England for, for a number of years, and I remember talking to an old Scottish lady uh, who told about her childhood when they didn't have radio, they didn't have television, and they would sit around and they would sing, they would tell stories. Um, as a girl, she had to learn to recite vast passages of, of poetry and things. And, and I remember, uh, you know, being in circles where we would get together in an evening and we'd just sing songs. That we don't have that anymore. Do you think we can bring that back? I think it's, ne- it's necessary. And I think that music medicine, this book is a call to action. And that's what I mean by orchestrating change. Because we, I live my life that way. I know more and more people who are living their lives that way. There's drum circles happening in communities. There's community choirs. There's ukulele clubs taking off like wildfire. There's more than a thousand of these ukulele clubs have popped up in the last five years. And these are all different ages getting together, learning ukuleles. And the idea is these are easy access instruments, singing, drumming, playing a simple ukulele, four-string instrument, but it's about the socialization, isn't it? It's about getting together. There's something that happens in that harmony and that soul-to-soul communion that is orchestrating change on the planet. Now, there's something that reminds me when you talked about that history for yourself. When you think back to those moments, doesn't it make you smile? It does. Like, it's just like, was filled with joy and harmony and creativity. And I want to feel that in my life. I want to be part of creating that in other people's lives. We need more spaces like that. And now with the internet, we can easily call people to gather. It's in a park. We're meeting in the library. We're meeting in the church. We're meeting in the, you know, who knows where we'll be next. What surprised me is that I just got an email from someone I trained as a drum circle facilitator, a psychologist in Japan. And for the last five years, a suburb of Tokyo has sponsored free group drumming for seniors, free for community members, for health. There's another man that I trained who just started community drum circles in a health club. And his program is called Rhythm and Meditation. So he teaches drumming and then meditation in a health club. So I think my dream is that as we reform healthcare in America, that we begin to see the value of music medicine and we begin to reimburse those services. We begin to recognize the services. When you go to pick up your drugs at the pharmacy, I want to see a little booklet that says, here's some drum circles in your community. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, I mean, really, it's just a shift in consciousness. Absolutely. Um, you quoted the Dalai Lama. What was that quote from his movie that moved you so much? Well, first of all, I have to say, you're the best read interview I've ever had. I mean, you're just, thank you so much for really having read and dove into the book. (laughs) It's great. The Dalai Lama, in the movie, The Ten Questions for Dalai Lama, the documentary, he was asked, what can we do to create peace? And the Dalai Lama said, more music festivals. (laughs) That just, I just like hit pause and started dancing. I was like, are you kidding Yes. When you understand that music is that kind of a tool, and if you go ever go to a music festival, you see that. You see all cultures gathering together. There's a connection. There's a weaving of cultures through music. So more music festivals. That's what takes us from performing to reforming. Mm-hmm. You, you have this whole um, uh, list of, of from performer to reformer. G- give us some of the highlights of that. Yes. This occurred to me when I came back from the first trip to Iraq and I saw what we did with the people that came to our training was they were performers when they came and they left as reformers. Mm -hmm. And the difference is that a performer plays an instrument, but a reformer becomes the instrument. You, you start to move from music as being something that you do to being something that you are. Mm-hmm. You become instrumental in bringing music to your community and to those you love and serve. And secondly, a performer gets applause, but a reformer applauds others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirdly, a performer uses their talent to be a success. A reformer uses their talent to make a difference. And lastly, a performer entertains an audience, but a reformer transforms a community. At the Agape Spiritual Center, they don't even, they stop calling it a performance. They call it a transformance. (laughs) (laughs) And you see lots of examples, and there's a lot of great examples in the the book Music Medicine, but certainly people like uh, U2 from Bono, who's been a Nobel Peace Prize nominee, you know, the, talk about how a, a song, Michael Jackson's uh, memorial showed us how a song could really change people's hearts and souls. That's real reforming. Mm-hmm. When U2 did a YouTube telecast of their Rose Bowl uh, performance, 10 million viewers watched it. Now, that's probably one of the largest peace rallies, 10 million people. So I think... You know, what's happening in the new consciousness time is that we have the tools to get the music broadcast and pay attention to the messages that we're ingesting in music. Pay attention to the young people that are coming up and singing about the change they want to create in the world. It's a very powerful time for reforming. And music medicine is a tool for that change. How uh, how do people find out more about your programs, and and I'm particularly interested in the uh, drum circle facilitator uh, training. Well, we have, I have a website, upbeatdrumcircles.com, and I also work with Remo Drum Company, and that's remo.com forward slash health. R-E-M-O? Yes, R-E-M-O, and they are the world's largest drum company. They sponsored some of the earliest 
biological research studies, working with a neurologist to demonstrate the scientific benefits of group drumming that I discuss in the book. So health rhythms is, can be found at remo.com slash health. And those two websites are great. And then if you go to music medicine on Amazon or on Sounds True, you can actually listen to the music that is healing. I'm really proud of how Sounds True brought together tracks from all their artists. They sent me 35 CDs and I got to select specific music that demonstrates the principles of rhythm, melody, harmony, and silence. So that silence playlist, if you're stressed out and you need a little peace when you start your day, go to that one. If you want to wake up in the morning and get, you know, get your groove on, go to the rhythm playlist. So that's what I made that as a tool and a resource for, for the listeners and readers. Um, we're going to close the show with a track from um, Nawan. Can you tell us a little bit about it? He's a former Tibetan Lama who's an incredible flutist. You can feel the energy. And this is a great example of harmony. He's performing on this track with Carlos Nakai, a Native American flute player. And this, this is music that is for our soul and our heart. So we have that one track for rhythm, and now let's have a track that allows us to breathe and feel the beauty of who we are, our heart strings and our chords of our soul. Well, we're going to say goodbye to our dear guest, Christine, um, as we move into that uh, track. And I, I just want to thank you so much for the passion that went into this book and, and the beauty of the book. The book is called Music Medicine, The Science and Spirit of Healing Yourself with Sound. It's from Sounds True. And... Um, it's just uh, coming out, or did it just come out? I thought it was coming out right at the beginning of August. Yeah, some people just got it two days ago from Amazon, so it's here. It's here. Yay. Yay. So thank you again, Christine, and I hope uh, you have every success in spreading your message. Thank you, and happy drumming. And this is called Meditation.
That was Meditation from the album Music as Medicine by Nawang Hishog, an acclaimed musician and former Buddhist monk and Native American musician Carlos Nakai. They share their cross-cultural blend of healing music drawn from the Tibetan and Native American traditions to restore balance and health in the listener and as a catalyst for transformation. You can find this CD as well as Christine Stevens' book, Music Medicine, The Science and Spirit of Healing Yourself with Sound, on our website, ncreview.com. Well, that wraps it up for today. If you enjoyed our show, why don't you join our free community of thoughtful readers and paradigm-shifting authors at ncreview.com. We have lots more great books, films, videos, blogs, and more at the growing edge of the new consciousness. If you have any comments on the show, you can email me at miriam at ncreview.com or leave a comment on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash ncreview. And... If you enjoyed our show, I hope you'll tell your friends. So until next week, I'm Miriam Knight for New Consciousness Review. I do hope you join us. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.